Welcome back, everyone. Today is an awesome day. And just so thankful for the opportunities they receive on a regular basis to meet and chat with some awesome people. Life is, ups and, life is up and down sometimes, and it's imperfect. Uh, but we get a chance to really be connected to some amazing people if we take that chance. And recently I was connected to Katayun Zia. Katayun is a really amazing person, and I'm happy that she's on the podcast and for everyone to get to know her. Katayun was born in Tehran, Iran in 1966. And right after the revolution in her country, her father decided to move the family to England and in two years after to the United States to join relatives in Dallas, Texas. Katayun completed her education in 1988 at the University of Texas at Dallas with a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics. She started her career in 1988 in cosmetics as an assistant manager and after seven years was introduced to the spa world at which point she began to manage a few spas including Spa Nordstrom. In 2005, Katayun accepted her first hospitality job as a director of spa operations in two luxury hotels in Santa Monica, California. In 2015, she decided to shift from spa to the hotel management side of things. Katayun has held a few positions in a couple of luxury hotels as an acting GM, director of hotel operations, and food and beverage director. Katayun started her transformation work in 2001 and was involved with the program into 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to bring to you Katayun Zia. Very happy to have you on, and uh, I think everybody's going to really enjoy listening to your story. Good. I hope so. (laughs) So how are you this morning? Tell me what's going on. What would you do today? What would you start off doing? Seriously, you want me to share that? (laughs) Yeah, what would you do? I want to (laughs) know. Well, today was my first uh, day of the day off. Um, I have two days today and tomorrow. And I relax. I usually love to get up and just have my coffee in bed and start writing, actually. For the past few days out of nowhere, I start writing. And I start thinking about, I'm going to talk to you very soon. <laughs> and, and did my best to center myself and see and keep reminding myself it's not about me. It's about the message that I need to get through. And mm. if it was about me, probably you would know that, that I would say, no, you know what? I'm not going to be on <laughs> because you try not to take it personal because it's not personal. Yeah, it's definitely about um, whatever the message is, you know, that yeah. I need to relate. But beside that, I did my mask. I did my hydration. I did all. Oh, things. so you're such a spa person, you know. <laughs> I am such a spa person. You cannot take that out of me. That's of course. <laughs> oh my! So you say you're writing. So you write regularly in the morning, or you know what? I was never, and I had my friends and um, colleagues say, "Oh, we do write," and I was never into writing. I would write or keep a journal, and I'm like that's not me. You know, I would write and it's like, what is this? And I would go re- read it again. And I'm like, what the hell was I writing? And then yeah. I was like, you know what, forget about this. I don't want to have any journal. But I don't know for past few days, it is just writing. It's not about the, what's happening around me. It's about what's happening within me, you know, and, and the messages and all of that. I don't want to scare the audience, but it is basically... <laughs> what it is coming to me and it is very very clear that um i see myself and feel myself in uh, in very different space now and mm. again words become more 
um, harder for me to choose to describe the space that I am in. It's more of an experiential yeah. way. It's more of experience. And um, one of my um, masters that I followed, believe it or not, founded on YouTube out of nowhere three years ago, he keep using the word uh, marinate, stay mm -hmm. with it and marinate. And that's what I'm trying to do for past few months more than ever before. But um, yeah, no, it makes sense. Now you said, uh, you know, first of all, on, on this podcast, uh, there's been a lot of crazy things said. So don't worry <laughs> about what you say. Uh, it's been very well received. People love the the rawness of it, the authenticity, the lack of a script or agenda. It's just two people talking about wherever it goes. We're like a river. We just flow and, you know, we end up somewhere. Exactly. We'll see. And that's one of my comments to you was what I loved about uh, it's when I was listening to your podcast. I don't mm -hmm. know how ever I came across that. I think you told I, I, it was it was something happened that I listened to you. I yeah. think it was in the billionaire. And then you told me that there was a podcast that you're doing. And I started listening to it. And it was, I told you, it's like my radio in the morning. <laughs> and of course, Wonderful. except past week or so, because I needed to be just here for this episode. And um, it's like I'm listening to two colleagues, two friends' conversation. And it's, I love it that it's not pre-script. I love it that I don't know what I'm going to say next what you're gonna ask next but i can tell you you know what i wrote right now my notebook is right in front of me right before you tell me to join you mm -hmm. i wrote listening and i put simple truthful raw and honest wonderful that's and that's the show basically simple truthful raw and honest exactly and, that's what you know with that actually i want to ask you a question because you said something this is kind of my format is i hear things and then it keys me in on something. So you said something's happening inside you. I want you to talk about that a little bit more. It is big sigh. <laughs> they let it out. Just let it out. Come on. You know, that's what I love listening to you because then you want to go to that mood as of okay, this is real stuff. This is serious. Now we're getting the real then, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you say We'll bring it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, no, this is good because life, what, another thing that I learned that life is very light. It is light and is a very got a flow to it. But we take as human with our mind, make it very, very serious. And mm -hmm. I was one of those people. And uh, definitely it's something that I'm shedding every day to take life as it is beautiful, joyful and make it the way I wanted to make it pretty much. Yeah. Going back to what you asked me, um, I knew since I was a child, and I never shared that with anyone because I felt recently I did, but when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old, I would get this episode as of, I think I'm not here, but I know that I'm here and I'm not sleeping. And I'm like, what's going on with me? If I would share that with anyone, they think I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. And this is like, I'm 52. You're talking about um, 40 something years ago. And I kept it to myself. And I had this episode a lot until the early teenage year. And I knew there was something that I need to discover or not to be part of. And what I did in my childhood, I would try to attach myself to the group of people, 
to their belief. And I said, oh, that's what it is. That's what I'm looking for. And after all these years, I realized that it's none of that. And it is a, there is a piece within that you are born in it. You are part of it. And um, it's just right here. All these years, it's been here. It's a matter of me shedding those belief systems that I have created since I can remember. Could be parents, family, environment, society, friends that just to be part of it, then I start creating the belief system. Mm-hmm. And what I have done, or I'm going to say with God's grace, that definitely shedding all of that more and more every day and basically standing in my rawness, I'm going to say like literally at the, a few months ago, I felt I was naked. I was absolutely naked and there was n- nowhere to hide, nowhere to... Um, pretend because one thing I learned very well in my childhood and growing up is to pretend pretend you're good pretend you have I it see. together pretend that um, you have it all and uh, with I don't know clothes that I would wear with the status with job with money you know and uh, none of that really right now when I look at it never mattered but I'm grateful that I went through all of that because I had it and I let go or lost half of it. And uh, I am in the rawness of my spirit, my body. And I know this body is part of my vessel to be here and mm-hmm. send the messages or be and be present with it. And um, that part is pretty much new to me. I have to tell you. I but- see. But the place that I, and I go back is like a full circle. My life is an absolute full circle that whatever in the childhood, even early, early years, not all makes sense to me now. Early teenager, mm-hmm. even a little bit later on, all makes absolute sense to me now that this was, I was seeing what I needed to be. But of course, with five-year-old, 10-year-old, or 18-year-old right. didn't comprehend anything except the mind and what the society wanted you to be. So what do you need to be? Where do you think you need I, to be or where, where are you headed? I don't need to be anything. I am just right here right now. I like it. Yeah. You reminded me of something. You know, um, I, I love podcasts. I'm a huge podcast fan, which is why I started my own and I like being on other people's and Lately, I've been listening to uh, Deepak Chopra's Infinite Potential uh, podcast. It's riveting. It's, I mean, I literally, one of my podcast guests told me about it, and I listened to every single episode in like two days on there. And he talks about, well, he was talking about, um, I think it was an author who said, we are infinite beings yes. living a human experience exactly not the other way around that we are humans living uh an infinite you know a spiritual experience exactly and and i felt very connected to that concept that uh you know i in a sense i don't belong here but i'm here yeah and i'm in this human experience and i'm trying to figure out what it means to be human because i'm not actually i'm more than that yeah beyond that you know so your your commentary just kind of made me think of that yeah and it it is that's i think my realization where i am right now especially for past few months that i'm realizing i'm not my mind and my my body majority of it is the spirit that i am here and these are just the vessel for me to be here and i chose to be here you know 
you know how the kids are oh you brought me here my son would tell me that when he would get upset at me he's like well you brought me <laughs> over here it's not my fault and i'm like actually you know what i have it the other way around but anyway that's yeah. a different subject to it yes but, um basically that we are spirit and we are here body is the vessel to live on this earth mm-hmm. and uh more and more makes sense to me more and more makes sense to me that um this this is now this is present and past future all of that is happening right this moment right now because it's never going to be future and past is already gone it doesn't even exist right that's why we we are present and when you are really in your present moment honest to goodness and i heard that many years in my life and i'm like oh that sounds good that sounds good but <laughs> there is no desire that is you are so fulfilled you have everything and at the same time, you have nothing. And that is so fulfilling because mm. you you go wherever you want to go from this space. You can see, you can touch, you can be whatever you want it to be at this moment because you're fulfilled. All of this achievement, all of this, uh, you know, titles and, you know, the job and the money is all bottom line of it. The end of it is to be happy. But yes. if you have it from the get-go, you're joyful and you're happy, you don't really... Not that I'm not saying that don't go after what the job and what something you desire. But in my case, it was like I was doing all of that to gain that happiness. But mm, I have it yeah. right now. You know what? Then I know it's going to be happening. As I told you a little bit before, too, that literally I have nothing. At the same time within me, I have everything. Right. And I am where I need it to be. And I have no idea where I'm going to be tomorrow. Right after, but I'm absolutely ready for it because I know I've been guided. I am here, and it's going to be, and it is beautiful. I can't say I'm hoping for something to happen in the future because um, I'm here. Yeah, well, I want to know. I mean, I have several things to discuss with you. What's uh, action packed here? You know, um, <laughs> I'm like, man, I got. I'm going to talk about this, but I got a loop. Around. My mind works in these weird ways. I'm like. I'm listening. I promise I'm listening and I'm here and I'm going, I'm going to come back to this and I want to talk about that. But I want to, I want to understand, let's dive deeper into kind of the change of the past two months. What was the, if maybe there's not a point, this nexus point, but what, what was the transformation to this point of view a couple months ago? Um, It is actually personal and, uh, but I'm going to share it as much as, uh, I of course, can, you know, censor it as I, much as you need to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is. Um, well, I left a job, which um, I've been with the company for 15 years or so on and off. And they are always been like my home. They all, I'm always mm-hmm. grateful to them. And actually, right now I am working with them in a temporary position for summer only. But right. before that, it was a great title, great money, all of that. And something was telling me that's not it. And it was literally visible for me. The moment I start considering that everything I would touch for that week or two, it would go just down. And I down the drain, like simplest thing that I would never forget. I would forget. I would make a mistake. And I'm like, what are you trying to tell me, God? And I was patient with it. And I'm like, no, this is, this is not. And Things happened that I basically pulled myself out of it. And meanwhile, that um, I was waiting to exit uh, for the last few months from that job. It was beginning of this year. I was looking for other jobs. And then, of course, I came across another one. Great, wonderful. And it was going extremely well. Like finalists, one and another person. And uh, 
I can tell you as a GM of the hotel, it's a small hotel, fantastic. And I truly believed that I got it, I had it. And then it happened that it didn't. It was circumstances, whatever, it wasn't meant to be. And a few days after that, I financially, I got hit hard. And I'm like mm-hmm. trying to talk to a very good friend of mine that is his advisor and uh, financially and also a great, great friend of mine and close to my son too. And um, he gave me some advice and I'm like, oh my God, am I really going to do such a thing for me to let go? And I'm, you know, file bankruptcy. Uh-huh. And then, um, and I thought, okay, if I do that, then what's going to happen? Then all of a sudden I saw myself literally not having anything, literally down to probably a few dollars. And of course, the hardest thing for me was to reach to my dad. And uh, he's, he's always been my uh, idol. He always been my rock and uh, never wanted to ask, like, I can do it myself. But it was right. the level as that I have nothing. And I, I don't think I ever stopped on the phone with him. And uh, I could feel him that he was like, you know, let's make sure your mom doesn't find out because my mom <laughs> right. doesn't have a heart. And I'm like, you got it. I just don't know what else to do. And right. I hang up the phone. I got up the next day. It was probably four or five in the morning. And I'm like, I need to figure something out. Literally, I don't have anything anymore. Nothing is left. And uh, I decided to, you know, file for bankruptcy. I decided to start all over. I started to take a job. I called to this company that I'm working with. And, uh, and I said, I need something. I need something to start for me to get on my feet and at least to pay for the rent. Yeah. And uh, that's when, and I remember that day vividly that it was like, okay, this is the end of it. This is the end of whatever that I was like, everything that I built up for myself to be for 30 plus years, 40 plus, I have no idea. I can tell you, but literally career wise uh, to be this for other people to be this friends that everybody can count on. It was nothing existed for me anymore for that day. And I'm like, I am ready. God, just take me wherever you're taking me. You brought me in this world and I know you are looking after me. You tell me where to go and I'm going because I have nothing left. And uh, I had a couple of great friends that they were with me as of talking and I would be freely talking to them, sharing my gut and what was going on with me. And it took about a few days and I could feel myself and I keep telling my friend and I say, I feel naked. I am absolutely naked. Mm-hmm. And I got a little more and more, more and more it's comfortable in the where I was. And somehow, somewhere, let go of the past, was being more present uh, and start taking actually when I... Uh, one of my great friends works in this uh, company. She said, you got it. You have a job. Why don't you come hourly? I never been hourly before for past 30 years. Right. You know, starting. And this is the company that I was always a director or one of the top executives there. And then coming in as a line person. And I'm going in there. And right that day, that morning, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like, you're doing what you need to do. That's and right. let me tell you, it was one of the best steps that I could have taken. And I'm side by side by these people that I know for 15, 14 years. I am working as a line person. Yes, supervisor, but technically is still a line person, you know, 
working with them and seeing them and just being with them, taking the bus to work, not driving my Range Rover and all, right. all of that away. <laughs> Beautiful. And literally I would check in with myself and I would be at the bu- in the bus and I'm like, okay, would this better or the driving a Range Rover? Of course, Range Rover. And I'm saying, no, actually, there is not, doesn't define me. No matter where I be, it does not define me. If I'm yeah. going to the bus because I need to catch a bus, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. And literally, I would checking in, checking, and I'm like, oh, my God, I am not. I am not anything that circumstances bring to my life. And little and little, and I had my ups and downs, I would go, up and I would go down again. It's like, what, what's going on with me? What's going on? But for past month or so ever before I am getting more comfortable to know my purpose, that there is there, I'm here for a purpose. I'm here to send messages. I, I'm here to share that we are, as you just perfectly said, we are more than ever spirit into this body to experience life as it is on this earth. And then for us to be hanging on to what she said, what he said, what I have, what I don't have to get ahead of ourselves, especially in America, I think it's more than ever in any other country that you have to be ahead. You have to work seven days a week. You have to work hours to get ahead. You of all people, you know exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. I know. Yeah, because I know a bit about you and, Mm -hmm. um, and it is, and I'm like realizing that, no, I can live on this earth and be extremely happy right in Los Angeles, right in heart of everything that is going on, everybody that needs to get ahead and still feel comfortable and feel belong here as of what I need to be, what I, what I'm supposed to be. Again, hard, words kind of, it's hard sometimes to come through because I can't literally find a English, even a Farsi word to explain <laughs> the space that, you know, that I am. And I'm getting more and more comfortable with this and uh, sharing and not putting myself as like, oh, what are you going to think of what I said is basically my job is to relate. My job is to say it. And then however the recipient going to take it, then I will leave it up to them. But I know I'm doing my part. That's exactly right. That yeah. is literally the basis for this entire show is and i tell people when they come on i said listen don't don't be this version of yourself that you think corporate world wants to hear or that you know you want that you think other people will light up to hear and this and that i'm like just be yourself be raw be real and whatever the outcome is it's going to be what it's going to be and you know i asked one of my friends a really good friend of mine to be on and uh you know, he just kind of started in a, a newer position and stuff. And uh, I said, you know, I'd love you to come on because you have such great insight into things. And so, but we'll say, you know, I mean, some of your insights could be somewhat controversial. So it's just going to land where it's going to land. And he was like, I'll have to think about that first. <laughs> really see, he really wanted to take some time to see if what he feels about certain things would impact even his job. Yeah. what he thought. And I said, well, you know, that you got to live with that. And for me, I've made peace with that in my yeah. life. I really don't care. And I said, yeah. And I know that maybe other people might think, well, yeah, he has his own businesses. So what is what does he care? But um, yeah, but that could, in fact, affect how people want to do business with me. But I'm peaceful within who I am. Exactly. And what I put out there. So it really doesn't matter for me. I understand there's consequences to things that people say, but 
I think these are just real stories about their their spiritual stories about human beings. Yeah. And and it, and if you if you have a problem with that, then that says more about you than it has does about me. Yeah. For that, you know, we make choices. And I have to tell you, right when you asked me that question, go back two months ago, and I said it's personal. And of course, uh, you said sponsor anything that I need to, and I actually didn't didn't want to say bankruptcy. And I said. So what I did. So what? Yeah. Yeah. That is the clean slate. I did it. And it is a, is it a good example for my son? No, but my son is not blind. He sees, he sees what's going on. And of course he does. And definitely these are, would be a lesson for him because I can see it, that he's not going to repeat what mom did, for example, because I always was, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to catch up. The moment I get that, you know, uh, I don't know, $150,000 a year, I'm going to take care of this. Ooh, the minute right. I did, and I keep on adding and adding and adding and adding what I needed to do more than ever. And I, what I, what I left um, this company that I am with, I left in 2015 and everybody thought I was crazy because I was making my six digit, mid six yeah. digit. I was having a great title. I was doing the phenomenal job, but I knew that something was missing. And when I left, when I called my three, four bosses and I told them and they like, literally they knew I meant it. And my son didn't talk to me for a few months. It's like, are you crazy? And everybody, (laughs) my friend, they thought, but I knew there was something. And I knew if I would stay there, I would never be where I am right now. Two years ago, I thought I was absolutely crazy. What was I thinking leaving? But Deep down, I knew that I've been guided to do where I wanted to be all my life. But I cannot explain that to anybody. I couldn't even explain it to myself. All I knew was, right. you know what? I'm going to grow. That's the only way for me to grow. I wanted to do this. And some people still won't understand it. They don't make sense out of it. It's like definitely okay. you have gone. <clears throat> exactly. But that's deep okay. down, I know that's why I'm pretty much by myself right now most of the time. Yeah, and it is. And it's very indulging because I am getting more and more comfortable with what is because I, I was a decision that I made and I am glad where I am. And I know it's going to be a phenomenal path as it is starting already for me for wherever I'm going. But it is absolutely no regret for sure as my ego mind sometimes wanted mm-hmm. to take me back and I would like to spend a few minutes there but now it's just getting dismissed immediately because there is no room for that there is no room for the past it's just right now this moment and whatever that I needed to deliver whatever that I need to be more than ever before take care of myself to be able to take care of others yeah you know what's interesting who says you have to work yourself to oblivion and, you know, yep. always this concept of more. I, I think we have a real problem with it in yes. the United States. I yes. really do. And I we do. And a lot of people I, I have known in the past, I think I know more people, at least in my circles, who are more like yourself these days. But they're always striving. And I'm not, you know, listen, you should strive to accomplish things that you feel good about that you want to do. But at what cost are you yeah. willing to do that and overworking? And I've, I've always been a big proponent of like, we should never be praising people who are killing themselves to be wealthy yes, and us. never seeing their families. I don't care about a CEO that never sleeps. You know, I, I'm not into that and I don't respect it, honestly. 
And because if you're pouring that much into your profession, you are deeply sabotaging and hurting your personal life. Yeah. Deeply. Like, and you may not think so, but by the, if you're, if you're that person and you have a family and you have kids, you have, you know, significant other, whatever you're, you're deeply sabotaging those relationships. You're the, Oh, well, I'm making money for them. Um, who cares? No. What yeah. does that have to do with the happiness element of it? You know? And, uh, I just think, you know, I identify with your story. I mean, as you know, we've, we've talked, you know, I, I had a great job. I mean, one that for the ages and I was making yeah. very good money and I, I stopped it. I quit it. And yeah. it just, I wanted to do something else. And, you know, I'm living a very kind of uh, chill existence these days and a lot of time and I get to do this podcast and I'm certainly not making what I used to make, but I'm, I'm, I'm still comfortable and enjoying my life and, and doing things. It's just a, a simpler existence. And um, I just moved towards what has been, has felt right for me. And there are right things for other people. But I think for me, I've become a much more open and more spiritually enhanced person and understanding that, you know, I, what am I striving for to work myself into the ground or to enjoy my relationship with the planet, with my family, with my free time, with understanding who I am in this body. And I think that's more important to me. Absolutely. And, uh, and I can see that you are really rolling into that, that element big time right now. Huge. And I have to tell you, before when I would discover something, I wanted to share with others. It's like, oh, you need to do this or you need to do that. And I realized now that everybody have their own timing. And maybe they, their path is, not maybe, for sure, their path, each individual, their path is different than one another. And then all I can do is if they come and ask, I can share, I can support, but that's about it. Right. Not to, for example, I realized even about my son that I said, all I can do for him, when the moment he graduates from a university, all of that is like, okay, 21, done. Not done as of, done get out and do your stuff is like full-on support because he is his own man mm -hmm. he doesn't have to listen to what i have to say whatever i i usually word wouldn't work i would say any parents usually action is speaks louder and is very clear mm -hmm. that that they will pick on that and no matter how i would have be for my son you know what he would have picked whatever he needed to pick and he would have let go of it and it would he is his own man when they congratulate me, it's like, oh, my God, you, you know, have done a fabulous job and you have raised an amazing son. And I'm like, why are you congratulating me? He is his own man. Yeah. All I did was I could give the love as much as I could and support him. Literally, I cannot take credit. And everybody think I'm being modest about it, but I'm <laughs> actually being truthful about it yeah you know i did what i needed to do for but i wanted to do i would do it all over again you know he was very very young when i got divorced and it was always been me and him i'm gonna be i'm gonna do it all over again and i never had any other men to come to my life right at all till like much much later than i start dating a little bit here mm -hmm. that wasn't me and then everybody's like oh you put your you know young um, years because of your son and I'm like don't even say that right that was, come on that was the life that I I I wanted to live and that was it I knew what I was doing you know I'm gonna do it all over again and that's why to me each individual had their own path 
they are where they are when they need to be. And mm. I am where I am. If I'm going to go back, because that was one of my lines a few years ago, I said, I wish I would knew that when I was much younger. No. What's the difference? How right could you know is, during that time? Yeah, exactly. And then even if the path, if I would get to this transformational work, say 40 years ago, how would you know that I would be this 20 years ago? Yeah. My path was exactly what it is and is brightening every day to see where I'm heading and where I'm going. Well, speaking present. of the, uh, well, you're talking about the present. I do want to go back to the past because I'm fascinated by what I read in your bio a little bit that you are from Tehran. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I want to know about it. What, 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 is, what was it like growing up there? Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I was I left the country when I was about 14 mm-hmm. and it was right before right after revolution. And it was like a year or so, if I'm not mistaken. And um, before that, a little memory that I have absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you're talking about um, family and uh, enjoying ourselves. Definitely our weekend was the, usually was a Friday vacations it was get together and my dad was definitely life of the party <laughs> he was just hilarious to this day he is hilarious and he, he he would just be one of those people you want to be around he made it always so much fun and uh blast definitely and i wanted to grow up so fast when i was young and um we have um historical places we have amazing country amazing people and I left and uh, I never thought that I would ever leave the country. But with this revolution that happened and the school that you had to wear this hijab to go to school, mm-hmm. and it, was, it, was, it was just getting so bad. And my dad said, not to worry, we're going to move. And we did. And um, sometimes I would look back, it's like, I wonder what would have happened if I stayed, if we all would stay, you know. Yeah. Because one thing I can tell you about Iran and the people we are just the most hospitable people ever in this planet. And they are the kindest and sweetest. And, and I, I inherit that as of hospitable. Like when my son would come home with a bunch of his friends, no matter how much food I had, it would be on the table. Right. It doesn't matter that, oh, you already ate what you didn't tell us, we didn't invite, none of that. It would be like eating or feeding people it was my biggest joy to do and i think it's a cultural thing in iran we just love to feed people when they that they come to your home or wow. if you go somewhere you want to make sure that you take plenty of you know pastry or something um and i got i went back after 11 years with my son mm-hmm. and uh, he was i think two years old and he's and uh it, it was oh, it was so joyful for me to go back and see the family and, and everything. And every once in a while, every few years, I would go back and visit. And it's been 11 years now that I haven't gone back, but uh, I had no desire. But now I am, got my passport ready and I'm like, the first chance I get is time to go back and just visit. You know, my parents are definitely past the age that, you know, you never know how many more years right. left. And, um, but there is something about that land and Iran that um, I am very connected, very, very connected. What do you think it, it is about, though, if now kind of on the other side is you see, I'm sure you're certainly aware of how maybe the world may see that region. 
Yeah. And what is your what are your feelings about that? It is sad, and of course, media as as they do it here too or anywhere else, uh, you know, the little bit of glimpse of I don't know, um, I don't know, looking for empathy, looking for I don't know, um, feeling sorry, uh, and then see how they live in Iran, and mm-hmm. uh, I I don't see it that way. It may, maybe I am definitely out of this world. I don't know, but I, I don't see it. <laughs> Honest to goodness, it's like it, today it can be, uh, for example, talking about the media as of when was the last time they said, oh, the meat is great for you. And then a few years later, oh, no, do not eat meat. Right. Or everything you never, it's just like that. You, you, you cannot look at it in one way. Of, there's always so many ways of looking at anything in this life. For example, Iran to be one, too. Iran can be, I don't know if they still do it or not, because I don't listen to the uh, radio or the TV that much, uh, or the news, I want to say, um, regarding that we were, I guess, they relate Iran to the terrorist country. Right. I don't know if they still say it or not. I'm not sure. But it is It is just is ridiculous. But I understand that it's the Islamic world that... Again, I'm not a religious person. I was raised and born and raised in an Islamic family. But from the get-go, I disassociate myself because of the few nonsense that I could not comprehend. For mm-hmm. example, praying. Why do I have to say it in Arabic? What can I say it in Farsi? It doesn't, God's not going to accept it because I'm not saying it in Arabic. <laughs> right. And I'm like, why? But of course, you cannot speak up those times like 40 years ago. You just have to say, yes, ma'am, or just do it because your mom, your dad or whomever would say so. Yeah. And um, for them, for for it is it is heartbreaking to associate that country for that, because there is a I would say probably 10 percent or fanatic 10 percent, 15 percent. I'm not sure the government unfortunately it is iran government every year we thought that they shining to our country i'm not sure but right. i'm not a politician and i don't want to say but as a human and it is saddening for me to see iran the way people i don't know think of maybe in u.s yeah or any other country i'm not sure i just don't think they know a lot about it i think people they they assume based off of what they see on news the news and they go oh that's a terrorist country or this though, the middle East is bad. And, and yeah, there are cells of things of, yeah, there is a small percentage of people in a region that are, they're not great. I mean, they're causing a lot of problems, but that is not the entire population. I mean, exactly. And that goes with every country, every single country is here in, in Europe, in Asia, you, you will have the good and bad. You will have that. And um, not to get too much into this, uh, but it is saddening me for Iran and the people uh, that they are, our culture, how it got muddy with this uh, Islamic uh, Republic of Iran yeah. regime and all of that. And uh, But I can tell you, every person that I have met that know of some Iranian prior to me they always have to say, oh, they are such a hospitable. Oh, they're right. so wonderful. They're like this and that. Yes, we have our, trust me, I, I'm not in the Iranian community myself because I don't advocate and I don't 
except how there some of them here are and I don't know behaving or to um, present Iran because I don't agree uh, with that. Yeah. I always say the true Iranian are the ones that are still back home, that they, are, they survived it for all these years, for all the ups and downs. And um, we are just great people. We are great humanity, just like many other countries. But I can just speak of my own because I'm very passionate of being Iranian. And then and um, whenever I hear something or the music or something still touches me, yeah. I don't even half understand half of it. It still touched touch me very deeply. Um, we are definitely rooted, uh, God knows, thousands of years of culture. And uh, they're still standing. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, I've, I've, I've met many Iranian people in my life. And um, just extremely joyful, um, peaceful, loving, um, generous people that I've met. And uh, funny. And uh, just, I mean, just wonderful, <laughs> honestly. And um, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, my dad was in the Gulf War. And... And I remember, you know, him telling me a little bit about it. And then, you know, they went into Kuwait. And then one of my teammates in college, I was a track foot athlete. He um, was from Kuwait. And I just remember how funny he was and hilarious and just joyful. And he was like, this is how we are. I don't, you know, whatever you see on TV and stuff, that is not how we are type of thing. <laughs> and I was, that always stuck with me. And it was just such a great guy. And then I met many other great people from the region and, I think it's just it takes a more enhanced mind to say, hey, let me actually really investigate this myself instead of just believing what I'm just seeing on TV or what's streaming out there about this area of the world, because it's not it's not accurate. No, no, it's they're going to project whatever that they need to project for whatever purposes, but it is not. And I think that goes with any other country when they are, you know, when um Revelation happened or something they talk about it, they uh, unfortunately doesn't show the positive and right. positiveness of it because, again, whatever purpose is behind it, I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, that's not what is really happening or the realistically is. Right. It's not everyday life and how a good representation of how the people are living and, and yeah. their personalities and customs and culture. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a, a little bit about, uh, you said, you know, the very hospitable people and how that is transferred to you being in the hospitality, hospitality world. <laughs> see that you see that uh, segue there. That's how we get it done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. You know what? Do you know the funny thing? I didn't even realize it till about six, I think six years ago, five years ago, something. And I'm like, huh. I wonder when I walked into my first day at uh, my hotel life uh, in 2005, I walked into the building and I'm like, oh my God, this is home. This feels so good. This is home. And it was my home for 10 years. Yeah. And then after that on and off, but um, I just love to take care of people. Yeah. And whatever level. And as, as you know, I was in the spa and then I went to the food and beverage and then I was managing the hotel for the short amount of time for a small boutique hotel mm -hmm. and uh, with my old boss that he had a trust in me to say, come on over. And 
that I'm not there. You are it. You're in charge. And I'm like, wow, are you sure about this? (laughs) (laughs) You sure? Come on, man. (laughs) But of course, my ego wouldn't get that. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But one day at a time, that's how you learn. And um, I realized more than ever before people, people come first for me. And people, as of taking care of them, the guests were coming in spending money of course you think it's part of your job but i i looked at our employee as as my guest too and i i was adamant about taking care of them too i was definitely wanted to be fair as much as possible as much as i would take order and i had to deliver it and you know i was a dutiful soldier to definitely make sure everything gets done perfectly um but I wanted to take care of them. I wanted to make sure and I wanted to be in their shoes and I want them to understand where, for example, my messages was coming from. And um, I just want, if there was a little thing as of there's a kid was there that it was crying for, I don't know, certain thing that we didn't have in the hotel. My God, I would probably drive down to the grocery store, get it and bring <laughs> it back to them. And I've done it, you know. And just those little things, not so much of a big thing, those little things makes a difference for that kids or their parents and just take care of them. And um, believe it or not, even being emotionally with them and whatever circumstances, I had many guests that they were crying for whatever, the breakout or um, broke up with their boyfriends or lost a job or just, just having a hard time. And I just sat with them for few minutes and literally nothing else mattered to me for that moment except just being with them being present with them and it made a difference if it's for that day for them and that was enough for me that was enough for me because I'm not God to make their life you know better for the rest of their life that's their journey but all I could do was in that moment to be with them and make a difference right right you know it's interesting I I think about kind of the spa world or the hospitality hotel. And I think for a lot of people, they're, they're very familiar with going to a hotel or staying in one. And I wanted to get from your, your vantage point or point of view, kind of the ins and outs of, you know, being the GM of a hotel or the spa and what that experience is like with the customer. And because I think a lot of people are very curious, you know, I know that I am always like, well, I check into a hotel and, and especially when I lived in Vegas, you know, I'm, I'm checking into gigantic hotels. I mean, these are like monstrous yeah. hotels <laughs> and I'm always thinking about because, you know, I'm more of a, a, a residential fitness and wellness, you know, a GM type of person. So I didn't have, I didn't really have a lot of hotel experience, but I, I was around it a lot in the, with the spa, but take us behind the curtain for that, what that experience is like working with the customer, the, the difficult times and, and, and the good times. Oh, okay. Let's start with the difficult. Come on now. (laughs) She gave me the real stuff. Uh, Very, sometimes was very challenging, very, very challenging. But at the same time, I was a believer. Yes, we are. I work in the company that we don't say no, Mm you take care of the guests, but I would draw a line somewhere. Right. It has to be a line, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. No matter what. We had situation that uh, I find out in the spa world that the gentleman would, would spend a lot of money. You're talking about $100,000 and $200,000 a year. I find that out later. Mm-hmm. But to me, it didn't really matter. For me, is I need to protect my staff. 
Right. And if anybody going to be abusive verbally or even give them, and I always tell my staff, you are in the massage room, you are in the facial room, and yeah. you felt doesn't have to be any, doesn't have to be verbal, doesn't have to be. You feel that you are not comfortable with this individual because you know you're behind the closed door. Right. The guy is naked, you know, and is going to only have a sheet over him, and it is very intimate. And I trusted them that they will come out and get a hold of me and I would find another person or do something and I would get more information. I never would tell them, which I heard that it literally blew my mind away. It's a very well-known hotel would force the therapist to go back in. Right, right. And when I, that was seven years ago when I heard that from one of my therapists was thanking me. I'm like, why are you thanking me? It's just, he's like, no, because you don't understand my other job they would force me to go back. And I'm like, absolutely not over my dead body, not in this place. Yeah. And I remember this individual would come and he was just being it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that. And I know. Then, <laughs> yeah. And then he's just like, I want somebody just like you guys, you know, to massage. And I'm like, okay, this is not right. And I heard something about him prior day two. And it was my day off that I was running in to get something. And I re- never forget it. I stood there for seven hours to make sure. If the guy comes in here, I'm going to say, sir, I have to excuse you. I made a reservation some other place. And they try to, my management team as an executive is like, and I said, sir, it is an intimate place. It's behind a closed door. I will not allow that. My staff are not going to be comfortable doing the service. I'm not comfortable letting them going in. Right. I it just not. And I was so blessed to have a boss that he backed me up 100%. And I, that was it. And literally, and he came to me, he's like, yeah, we just lost about $200,000 a year annually. But hey, it's okay. It's just, and I'm like, thank you. Because yeah. those things matter to me. Those were the difficult time for the spot world. As of demanding guests, you know what? When you're paying 700 800 900 average per night, you have a right to be demanding. We have to deliver that service. Were we always on it? No. And that's what it drove me nuts. And I always try to explain to the staff, Imagine if you were doing that. First impression is the most and the biggest important impression when they walk in from the valet, from the bellman, from yeah. the doorman, from the front office. And then you just, there are some challenges, but God forbid if they would raise their voice or they would be using profanity, that's where I draw the line. And right. I don't care who you are. I'm so sorry. Not everybody believed that. I had a friend of mine in the front office. She did a phenomenal job many years ago. She said, hey, listen, they're spending this money great. You know what? You tell me whatever, however you want to call me. I'll take care of you. I didn't believe in that. Yeah. At all. And I'm like, I'm not going to. And I will not. My area, my, my staff need to feel safe and protected, especially in this small world. And that's where I would draw the line. But at the same time, when you have people that are just sweethearts and they have money that you can't even, you know, put a number on it. And they are so down to earth and it's so amazing. And you see it all in the hotel business and in, in the area that I have been. And I feel like I am very blessed to see both sides. To see is not, you cannot categorize, oh, the billionaires or the rich people are behaving a certain way not always absolutely that's true not. they Very have true. so many and the mannerism and the, the manners they teach their kids it was just definitely i was i would indulge in that at the same time i had to be ready for 
obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> and the people that you had to deal with. And um, I remember the most recent incident I'm, I'm going to share with you because mm-hmm. that's when I checked my ego. And then uh, it was very interesting that when I was letting this group know that they had no business being there, me find out they were not staying with us. And when I was telling them very politely that this is, I have to excuse you. This is our, you know, I don't use the policy word, but this is what we go by. And one of the lady, younger lady come to me and she said, do they really pay you to speak? <laughs> and when I heard that, I'm what? like, I did not just hear that. What? I exactly. And I said, and I, and I said, politely and I said then you you don't want me to continue correct I'll be happy not to continue mm-hmm. but if you're coming with me with three people with the question I'll be happy to answer you want me to listen I listen anyway I walked away and I'm like what just happened right now all right my ego was wanted to just grab yes and yeah <laughs> and then I'm thinking about what it, it, it is really people are like that. And I'm being so lucky and blessed that I did, do not or did not encounter maybe a couple of people like that. But this was that I, I, I was like, since I lost everything, no money, getting this hourly job. Are you talking to me because I am working here? And I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know what? No. And that's when I knew that, you know what? Ego doesn't have that much of an influence in my life. Right. It comes and it's still there, here and there. When it needs to come up, it will come up, you know, if it's necessary for whatever purpose. But that's when I was pretty much very proud of myself. It's like, okay, this is good. This is good. That was, <laughs> that's what I see the sign that it will come. And it's like, you know what? God is testing you to see where you are in your life. But again, not many people. For example, I'm working with a um, great group of people much younger than me and of course you know it would be sad for them to go through that but if they have to go through that they have to go through that you know yeah of and course. then that's that's life for them to experience and to choose what to be not what not to be you know yeah you know it's interesting i you know i have the uh you know background working with very high-end luxury clients and i this is just being purely honest and when i was in Vegas for running a club for 10 years. And then, you know, my clientele with training and stuff, I never had any issues with people who were super wealthy. Like when they were like real, like I'm talking serious money, super wealthy. I always found them to be extremely nice, extremely kind. Anytime there was ever any semi issue, it was never the super wealthy people. It was always the people who were yeah. striving to be trying wealthy, to be. <laughs> trying to be wealthy. And they were barely kind of in that situation. They were around other, they were in a community with other wealthy people. They live in the same community, but they weren't there. They're still working to get they there. Were, they were amateur. probably. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah. and they just, I always felt, and I've talked to some colleagues of mine, they feel the same way. It's, it's never the super wealthy people because you think it's going to be the super wealthy people and this entitlement. I yeah. never experienced that ever. I felt that they were the most generous. They didn't yeah. take any, they didn't really care too much about it. They were, oh, it's pretty easy going. It was the people who were wanting that and they were striving for it and they were kind of barely living in that lifestyle. They were the ones. And I thought that was always my test. 
with those where, where people in those situations. And I felt it was kind of strange because I was like, wait a minute, shouldn't you know better? <laughs> like, you know, exactly. it was just strange to me, but you get tested quite a bit. And in and, and, and those in the- those things, because people look at you a certain way. It's like, oh, you just you work here. You're supposed to serve me this and yes. that. And I like serving people. I like that. But I agree. There is a line. On that. There's a line. Yeah. And I, and I said that way early in my career in hospitality. And again, I was uh, lucky enough that I had the support because I was not a GM or the right. vice president or the president. I was just one of the directors of the you know areas. And uh, for me to be able to do that and stand by it to this day and no matter where I go, I will stand by it. Right. And I don't need to check with the company to say, what's your company policy on that? That is my policy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to carry it with me wherever I go. Yeah. But again, but I've been fortunate enough, fortunate enough. Again, this was the, the rudest that I experienced, you know. And yeah. But I had that I had to step in in the hotel area when individual was not talking pleasantly to one of my workers. That's when yeah. I stepped in. And of course, they totally will switch. But um, yeah, definitely you have to have that as much as I don't like boundaries, but there's certain areas you have to, to have boundaries. boundaries. Yeah, have to. You ever had like, yeah. um, I'm, maybe, I'm sure you've had this. If you've been in a business long, do you ever people like threaten your job? Like, I'm going to get you fired. Oh, for sure. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I said, absolutely. And I would give the name and the number yeah. of my, the office number of my boss. And I said, absolutely not a problem, sir. I'd be happy to. Here it is. Here's my business card. Here's their business card. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're not going to have a job tomorrow. Oh gosh, I've heard that. (laughs) Isn't that the best? And like they they just they think they have this power. I remember this one guy, he took it pretty far with me. It was pretty interesting. (laughs) He he just we were enforcing a rule, it was a guest policy rule at the club. And you know, some people they don't like being told what to do, enforce rules. I get it, whatever. And he just started yelling at my team and everything like that, trying to get the guy calmed down. And he's like, oh, you're not, you're not going to be working here. I'm going to get your jobs. And he tries to have his lawyer call at, to the club to intimidate us and stuff. It was pretty interesting. And then he calls me on my cell phone and he like rips me. And he all, not only rips me, he threatens me like mm-hmm. physically. Oh, yeah, physically. And like, you know, just terrible things calling me the worst names of the book. I'm like, I'm sorry. Feel that way. You know, I'm just. You know, I'm not letting my ego rise with his ego. That's the worst thing, yeah. you know. And, you know, I, I call. It was funny. I call Alan right after that. It was funny. <laughs> and Alan goes, eh. you know, he had been he's so he'd been around the block. He's like, eh, you uh, know, these guys, you yeah. know, and the guy told me, he said, I don't want you to ever talk to me again at the club. I'm like, if that's what you want, I'm happy to comply with yeah. that. I was very, you know, I was being very nice to him. And, uh, you know, so we're at the club for two weeks. He's not talking to me again. This was just enforcing a guest policy rule, you know, (laughs) very simple. I want everybody to know this was just enforcing guest policy. (laughs) And I'm cleaning, you know, I I, I love, this is a weird thing, but let everybody know. I loved cleaning the locker room at my club as the GM and I loved it. I enjoyed (laughs) being in there, taking the towels, making it look nice for the residents. Yep. Yes. I enjoy the little tedious things. I'm right so, there with right? you. Right. You're, you're one of those people, you. right? Oh, you, yeah. Right. On. You're not too good to say, oh, I can't clean up this stuff. Like, oh, I never no. felt like that. No, I was the first one in. The rest of the people That's right. follow me. Yeah. That's right. I'm like, oh, I love <laughs> this. I love being in here. I don't care about the towels and clean out the lockers. You know, I'm like, 
I'm like trying to buff the, you know, the, uh, the sinks and stuff, make them look really nice. And he's in there and he comes up to me and the guy starts crying. I'm not joking. He starts crying. He goes, I just can't stand that you won't talk to me. And I'm like, you asked me not to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) And so he gives me a big hug. He's like, I'm really sorry. And he never came to the club again. He just stopped coming after that. Wow. Strange. I don't think he could take that. I would just, I just ignored him. And I, I, I just took what he said and I was like, I'm good. And then I, I just think it bothered him, like it embarrassed him that I handled that that way. I wasn't getting crazy with him. I just handled it professionally and I, I, I kept his wishes. And I think it really, I may have been the first person to do that in his life, potentially. I was going to tell you that I, I think you did a huge thing, huge shift for his life, for him. Right. That for him to cry and hug you, that's huge. And I, and I gave him a big hug back. I said, hey, it's okay. You know, I'm like, everybody gets angry and stuff. You know, it's, it's no big deal. And I could have been like, yeah, that's what you get for calling me horrible names. But you know, I just wanted to be kind. And, uh, you know, like I said, he never showed up again. And, and this was maybe a few years into my 11 years being there. And he never came back. And, but um, I hope that that was – I hope he learned something. I surely learned something about myself and handling difficult situations yeah. you know and, and that wasn't the last time not like it happened a lot I can count maybe five times in yeah. 11 years but those are some ugly five times you know and <laughs> I just think it's how you deal with it and I, I would imagine certainly in the spa world in in people getting massage and facials and all that and you're hearing some crazy stories yeah. dealing with some I, crazy people. Yeah, you know? that was that was very I was very protective of that from my staff in that way. And I was I mean, I my sensor was always up. Just make sure that if even if it's a little bit, if my gut is telling me I'm there, I'm massively. Not so much for the actual hotel or so much. I mean, what they're gonna do? They're gonna get drunk, they're gonna whatever reason is it was yeah. much more easier. But when the spa was more intense as of make sure that everything went smoothly and nobody crossed the line. And I, I, again, I was lucky enough for that 10 years that literally I have to, just like you, just like four or five times that I had to go in, call security, just be there. Yeah. Take care of the matter. Yeah. And it happens. I mean, it's just part of when you do something for a long time and you're going to get tested. Yeah. And in life, you're going to get tested too here and there and it's just when is this test going to be over god knows oh lord Uh, (laughs) it just keeps happening over over time i you know what i always say that you know the tests are going to come but you know try to minimize the amount of 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 drama and your life with things and that's just making good decisions and and uh, i just think being kind and being nice actually alan and i talk about this all the time like there's just a huge huge quality and benefit to being nice to people. Yes. And if you can do that regularly, the odds are you're going to have a much better time with people than if you're confrontational all the time and looking to rise with other people and their anger and their dysfunction. I mean, these things, they just create this cataclysmic explosion whenever you rise with somebody else and their dysfunction or their anger or their violence. It never be, you don't get violence and more violence and equals peace. I never seen that. True. I don't know. When does that work? (laughs) Never, (laughs) never. And you know what? It comes to me recently a lot more than ever is a judgment. 
and mm. uh, I realized that how much judgment I, I know be judging every day, but yeah, to me, judgment has a little bit of actually not a little bit. I'm going to be honest. It's got a negative tone to it. Judgment. You can judge a person how wonderful they are, but somehow in my mind, when the word judgment comes, it is a negative for me. Right. But I'm doing that. I am. Um, somehow want to disassociate with that judgment mentality of mine immediately judging and it's been it's a working process for me definitely it used to come up and I would be involved with that judgment and then after like an hour or so it's like oh crap why did I judge that person you know yeah and then eventually become lesser and lesser and lesser and now it becomes more of an observation and the observation, because I don't know what the purpose of this guy is in this lifetime. You, you, you know, you cannot judge a person. You don't know. As what we talk about, you don't know anybody else's life exactly what's yeah. going on. You know, <clears throat> all we see everybody putting a mask on to come and live their daily life, dealing with whatever, 100 people, 10 people, 1,000 people. <laughs> they have their mask yeah. and the mask and the mask going to be interacting, you know. But as long as you're aware is your mask interacting with the other mask, then I don't think you're going to judge the person so much. Or yeah. as much as you will not have a mask, I cannot tell you and sit here to say, oh, I do not have a mask at all. I have to when I go to work. You know, there's a certain thing, you know, it ju I just have to put that on. But I'm going to be as transparent as possible because I feel comfortable. People can see that. But if somebody's rude, your immediate reaction is just tell them off or say buzz off, right. you know, but of course. you cannot do that. You can't do that. No. Some people get off on that. I've met many people in my life. They're just, yeah, I just, I just say what I want. I tell them that and boom, I blow them up. And I'm like, how does that work for you yeah. in your life? I'm guarantee it's not work very well. You can't, you can say what you want, but I'm telling you, that's not a recipe for lifelong happiness no. and meaningfulness. It's just not. Nope. More observation, less judging. I think that's a good recipe yeah. right now for yeah. my life and hopefully will be for some others too. You know, observation, it makes more sense. And you, when you are observing, you are more open to ideas come to you and see the truth rather than judging. When you do a judgment, you already called it, you put it in the box, that's the way it is. That's right. not looking at it. It doesn't give you any possibility of, okay, you know what? You can look at it differently because you already judge it. Well, you know, it's interesting. You said, like, uh, if you really put in the context of judgment, like, we're, we're, we're judging goodness, too. So when somebody says, hey, no judgment, that's not true, really, because yeah. I can, I'm judging that Katyun is a good person. I'm making judgments all the time yeah. about people. It's when they become very damning, negative judgments about people is I think what people are referring to, no negative judgments about me and that's how or was, you. That's how I was raised of looking at it as a negative thing because you will not call the goodness is that you're judging that and you're completely correct because that is judging. It is still judgment. It is judgment, <laughs> but what I would see almost of my life, like judgment, it was a negative thing, negative thing. Yeah. But you're absolutely correct. See, that's what I'm saying. Words are definition for each individual could be different mm -hmm. you know it's got one meaning for one person one meaning for another person and uh, it, it is it is it's more and more harder to pick a word to explain for example what what's going on within me because sometimes there is no word for it you know 
maybe I will create one in the future. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. for now, it is very hard. I have to pick the words that is existing. And unfortunately, um, it's been saturated. Those words, for example, meaning love or freedom mm. or all of that. Totally, they have a different meaning for it for me now. Okay, it, okay. So now you say, okay, we got to take this now. You can't <laughs> say that that love has a different meaning for you. What what is that? I now you that's a hot topic. The what, minute what I said it, I said I should not. You knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna just needle in, man. Okay, oh, let's boy. hear it. I should know better than that. Okay. No, it's this is what it's about. Okay. All right. Um to be love, it is we are creation of love, all of individual. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I look at it as of I'm gonna I'm going to talk about the romantic part of it. Okay. As of to us, when you somebody loves somebody, you know, usually in love, in love, that means you are, you know, is the opposite sex or same sex or is romantic. Mm -hmm. Right. I recently realized that, you know what, there is one above that. That is the true love. They said unconditional and people use that again. Another word that they use saturated and the 99% literally human don't know the meaning of people don't know the meaning of it because it brain doesn't calculate that brain doesn't understand hmm. what in love is they can in love in their world of oh, a manifestation as of the, this this person did this for me that's why I love you or right. I'm in love with this person. Who? How could I not be in love with this person? He provider. He loves me. He hugs me. Or whatever that each individual desire to have. But when there is a connection, and when there is a connection between one to another, soul to soul, if you want to call it, or one person to another person, mm -hmm. that you cannot define where that comes from. You cannot explain. Oh, he did this for me, or she did this for me. And all you know that you merge into them, that mm. you are as one. You feel yourself, your spirit to be as one and to be connected so massively. And to me, that is absolutely pure love. And for, for the individual to have all these faults, all this stuff going on, people tell mm. you how crazy you are. Are you crazy? <laughs> Why are you still friend with this person and all that? Yeah. You can't explain it because I don't see the facade of the uh, up at the surface. I see deep. I saw that. I was lucky enough to experience that. And I realized more and more how much that relationship brought me for all these years, brought me into me and the actual love that is love is there. And you, when you are merging to the love, you love everybody. And let me tell you, I've been, I've been hours or days into that space that mm -hmm. I truly loved every single person and you yeah. merge in it. And that's what it is. But we are living on this earth. We still have a brain. We have a mind and all of that works in its whatever it needs to work. And then you will separate yourself from, you know, one another or whatever that it is, the boundaries that we create. But when you are truly in love, it doesn't need to be with that individual person or somebody that you love in love with. You are in love with life. You are in, you are in love. You are absolute love. That's what I sense recently more than ever before. And I hope that I can relate this um, as best as my ability with words. <laughs> 
because <laughs> right now that I'm telling you this, my whole body it is just becoming like it's, I, it's like tingling, and at the same time, yeah, not in my body. Let's just put it that way. I never experienced to be out of my body. That's I don't want to bring that up because I I I merge into everything, but I don't feel that I'm been out of the body. I yeah, am present here, but. I don't see the boundary between my body and something else or the object or the space around me. I become the space, if that makes sense. So this is a big, very big, almost cosmic definition of love in a sense. And so how how are you... Oh, I was going to say, how am I going to be careful in phrasing this (laughs) with you? Well, I'm thinking where you're at in your life. How is this manifesting for you romantically currently in your life? Or oh, where God, do you want that to? <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Where do you want this to manifest romantically in your life at this point? Um, right now, present moment, at this moment, mm-hmm. uh, I just cleaned house, let's just say. I am. Okay. I am definitely in love. I am definitely, I know you're looking for, for me to say I'm in love with the individual. <laughs> I'm not gonna no, I'm just, I just ask questions I, and I get answers. I know, That's I all, know. you know. But it is the space as of, uh, again, saturating myself with the love. And I, you need to clean house before you open your home for others to come mm. in. Oh, I like that. And I like that. I have, I've been blessed enough to love few people in love with few individuals in my life that ev- yeah. now when I look at it, every single one of them had a purpose in their life, you know, Yes. and the individuality of all of that. But whatever this individual person is coming to my life or not, and I see it more than ever coming to my life is here, but I need to clean house. Completely. Now, do you think that a lot of people do, do you think that people do not clean their house first before they invite love into the house. Unfortunately, yes, they don't. I think so too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of crazy, dirty houses. People people are like, why are they talking about houses? (laughs) And you know what? Our society creates, kind of encourages that too, rather than you can be alone. Do you know how many years my friend, or my friends, there are still few, but I had a lot of friends which I step by I don't know somehow God willing that I kind of separate myself from them literally I have like probably two or three around me right now but before they wanted to sign me up they wanted to you have to date it's not healthy it's not that and literally I would need to be with someone oh no then what are you going to do you're going to grow old by yourself (laughs) and all these other comments that they would make but what happened that Look at the marriages right now. Look at the divorces. We are, have these baggages with us. We don't, even with the one that never been married, they still have baggages, right. you know, from their childhood, whatever. Not that they're all going to go away. We're going to clean that up. No, clean up right now and where what the truth is. Look at it. If something goes wrong and whatever reason, I'm going to go with infidelity, for example. Don't point out at that other woman or your husband or your boyfriend that you had nothing to do with it. Trust me, there is something within you first that hasn't been cleaned up to create that for yourself. Right. I know some people are going to say, are you out of your mind? Nobody ever took it on you. <laughs> that's not the case. I swear that's not the case. I yeah. have been around to know more. But the point is, if we are creating our surrounding, if we are creating our life, our 
what we need to create and overcome it. Again, I'm talking about more of a spiritual way of looking sure. at it, not a human mind, because human is like she's full of shit, you know? Yeah. 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 She doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I know a little bit of that, what I'm talking about in the human mind. <laughs> Catch you, you're cracking me but, up right but now. But in this, hey, you got me going on this one. <laughs> I know, I like it. I Let's go, come on. And then, but when you are, when you are creating your world in front of you, then there was a purpose that has been created for you to overcome. And then if you keep and looking at it, that every single one of their incident, the person who stole your husband, for example, or the, your boyfriend or your wife or whomever that you believe that they did to you to believe. And it's very hard to do as of that's the angel for you to come for you to overcome something in your life. I am. I cannot tell you what a believer I am right now to believe in that. And actually more than believing, knowing that. That's a fact. Again, right. I'm going to talk about myself. And I know I'm not the only one. And to my truth is, is always people come to your life for a purpose for you to overcome. And I had my experience of a couple of individuals where I was like, oh, my God, I could never be, you know, bless this person. You have no idea I was blessing person. And I truly with my bottom, my heart and unconditional love doesn't have to be in person. You can just do it with you and your God above. And I, I believe that we all connected that way and let go of that. Let go of that baggage of you because this individual did this unfairness to you that you're going to hold on to. I am cleaning house. I think I have nothing left to clean. <laughs> let me tell no, you. No, <laughs> baby. You hear, you hear what this means? I know what this means, everyone. <laughs> Katyun. She, the house is clean. The house is <laughs> it's real clean. You know, it's like Literally, dust. Everything's like, been dusted, dusted, you know. <laughs> and let me tell you, most of furniture all gone. And I'm getting little by little new when I'm putting in here and yep. there, you know. I like it to be cute for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's where, where I am. And I am. Here. See, was that hard to answer? Come on. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's true. Come on. You know, I, I love what you're saying. I think you got to clean your house. I mean, the metaphor of it is life is messy and people off, often bring people into their mess. Yeah. And then they then they both become very messy and the house becomes like a hoarder house. And it's just stuff piled high to the walls and problems and issues and dirty sinks and kitchens yeah. and all over the place. And they go, why isn't it working? I'm like, well, I mean, look at this house. I mean, yep. you know, <laughs> and it's okay to take your time and, and to really spend the time being by yourself to work on who you are and, and what are these definitions or meanings that you have for yourself about love and companionship. And yeah, I think that as I've gotten, I've been married, I'll be 15 years in a couple of weeks That's awesome. and it's, it's been wonderful. Thank you. It's been honest. The honest truth it has been wonderful. I would say on here cause I honestly don't care. <laughs> I would say if it was rough and I would go tell my yeah. wife it was rough yeah. right after this. And I, and I tell all the time, it's been a phenomenal 15 years. I don't know what the future is going to hold. I hope it continues to be really well, but you know, here's, but we talk a lot. Here's what we're doing that we think is working for us. That's great. And I think it's good, you know, this, but it, but it takes a tremendous amount of work and there is a messiness that, that you know, the house gets dirty every once in a while and you got to continue to work on cleaning it up and uh, gathering it. 
Um, but it, it, it's not an easy thing. And there's nothing wrong with being by yourself. No. There's nothing wrong with it. And, completely. And one thing I want to share with you, Darian, is um, since I was little and grow up and, of course, got married very young, and I, I had a sensitive part about lying. If somebody would lie to me, that was like mm -hmm. the end of the world. And guess what? Plenty of people lie to me. <laughs> yeah, people lie all the time. Come on. <laughs> there is stuff even, too, that, you know what, your, your life would be upside down. Whatever. And I always yeah. wondered, why do I still attract people that they will lie? You know, especially, you know, that you want to be right. in a romantic relationship. Yeah. And, and I'm like, it has to be something, has to be something. And what I realized past year or so, which, you know, more realization for me and coming to the surface that I've been kept lying to myself. Mm, interesting. Life, creating this image, creating this image that Katayunzia, Kathy Zia, that is this, um, can do this, I can manage this, I can do what, you know. And God, the ego got thicker and thicker and thicker and not realizing what the truth was about me. And that was all pretty much lies. Yes. So your your lie was attracting other people who were lying to you. And what their lying was very different that my, mine was a mess. Right. My Yours was a mask. Was it was an very, outward deal. Exactly. Yeah. I was very, I was always woman of my word, man of my word, and I was delivered. I would not to to 95%, let's just say 95%, not 100%, to make sure that I would not lie, I would honest, I would do all of that. And I realize now I had to deal with the people in my life who come to my life, who I attracted for me to overcome, to realize that, hello, you, you're the one who's creating that lie within you with my mask and the lifestyle or whatever you want to call it that right. I have created, that I, I cannot even placing myself what the true me was rather than yeah. because I, I created the image as of I'm this and this and that. All of us were attached to a tangible thing. Yes. Me, that, was the, that was the biggest lie ever. Mm. Me, that, was, that was huge. And that's why, and I realized, and I'm like, okay, and guess what? Every one by one and gone or no longer my life, even the even beautiful people, even the people that I had the long relationship with, friendship and all of that, somehow they have vanished my in my space. I'm not saying they're gone forever. Most of them probably gone forever. I'm not sure. Mm. But uh, there are there's a space around me that I guess I needed to clean up the house and it would be dusty around me. I'm not sure, but it was basically um <laughs> definitely the space is very 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 clean and i know why <laughs> all of that is coming from was all of that the steps for me to overcome yeah. my own obstacle and i did it all i planned it myself it was nobody else to point a finger at it was absolutely me because i guess when i was born i had a mission to go through this life and to be where i am right now yeah I always think with people that, you know, they'll, you'll say people, they have like a, ba a bad picker, like they pick bad um, romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. but, and I always say, well, I don't know that it's that you're bad at picking is more like you haven't dealt with yourself first. <laughs> I'm just like, so exactly. you're picking people that aren't great for you because you you aren't picking at yourself first yeah. and figuring out who you are and, and what you bring.
best to the situation that will not be so messy. You know, again, if you're bringing, it's the same concept to me. If you're bringing two messy things together, does it make it clean? And bringing tremendous violence towards two people, does it make it peaceful? In the same sense. Yes. And so we're having to, I think, understand that it's very difficult to look back at yourself. You know, that mirror is ugly. A lot of times for people, it's like, oh, I got to change. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> how come, How about they change and then I don't change? You know, I'm not. I, I like just being yeah. myself. No, you got to do the work to change yourself. It's a lot of work, and you, know? you cannot even see the faults in you. It's always them, right? I, I'm a good person. Everybody say I'm a good person. I'm a kind person. Everybody talks about uh, how wonderful I am, but nobody come and confront you except actually one or two of my friend that. Mm -hmm. confront the heck out of me and I'm always grateful to them and <laughs> that was actually his job to do to confront me and uh I have to tell you I'm like well it's not me definitely it's them it's not me yeah. realizing and after after not looking you have to look at that mirror you just you don't have any other option as you get older you don't have any other choice except looking at that mirror and when you do, when you overcome, when you pass all of that, it was just the belief system you created for yourself. When you were, everyone has it in my in their life, and I have it plenty of it in my life too. Mm -hmm. When I look at it, I don't feel the pain anymore. I'm just looking at it as the circumstances that happen. And to me, that's huge for me. When I got divorced, I truly, 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 truly blessed my ex-husband and with all my love, of course, not immediately, that happened over the <laughs> Of course. Yeah, yeah, of course not. <laughs> Four or five years after, and something, it was just phenomenal that happened for me and literally got lifted. And I, I don't have, like, literally, if anybody says anything bad about him, if I hear, I would be not wanting to defend. And I'm going to say, please don't say that. Just please right. don't say that. You don't know that. You don't know his, you know, his, what he's going through in his life. And I kind of protect him, you know, that I, I yeah. don't want that to go out there. He has his own life to live. It wasn't meant to be with me and him, you know, and every one of us have our own life. But when you look at the past and then when you look at it, you can clearly see the past as it was without any emotion behind it. That's when you know that, you know what, it's past. It's absolutely it's past. Over. Yeah, it's, it's over. Past. Yeah, it's <clears> past. <throat> yeah. Yeah, you're not keeping the emotional no. weight of it on you anymore. And that's what is killing most people is that emotional they cannot let go. Yes. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. It's, this is a wild life we're living, man. <clears throat> I you know, know it's a whole it's this fun. human experience is crazy and meeting people. And, you know, I remember when uh, <clears throat> Alan was telling me about you and he was like, Oh, you, you got to talk to Kat to you and you, you have to. And, you know, he's, he's a great guy. And I, but I, he doesn't he doesn't effuse about people like this normally mm -hmm. he he sensed he sensed basically something about you when he spoke yeah. with you and that's that's a very big thing between us which is the the sensing the feeling of people and, and i was saying i'm not sure if it got on before but that's how i pick people to be on the podcast you know i never i don't have this whole like oh submission thing and you know see if you can be on i just have conversations with people and it literally just hits me. I'm like, I need this person on. I I want to have them on the show to tell their story. And yeah, those may I, be those may be people I barely know. And actually, it has mostly been people I barely know. I rarely have people on that I've known for a long time. Doesn't mean that they wouldn't be good get that they would be good get wouldn't be good guests. 
It's just, I got to get a sense yeah. about it when I chat with people, you know? And I have to tell you, when you, something came to you about, I think it was 10 p.m. when you t texted me or it was through the LinkedIn, yeah. you blow my mind away. And I'm like, what? Why is he want me on his phone? <laughs> I don't have anything. What, what do I have to say? I hear that all the time, by the way. And a lot of people that are on it, they've never been on a podcast or maybe they've been on one or they're like, yeah, I, you know, I like to listen, but I can't see myself being on it, you know, type of thing. And uh, it always and they're like, I'm nervous. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm like, don't worry about it. We're just going to have a conversation. And it always is great. The funny part is listening back to yourself. You're going to enjoy oh that quite a bit. I was thinking that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. You're like, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm just not going to, you know. I'm not going to listen to it. I don't know what I said. I'm going to keep it as it is. You know what? The best part, though, Katyun, is that <laughs> like a like a two week. This I do this with everybody. I give it about two weeks before I release it to the public. Okay. So you like literally forget anything you said during the podcast. I already forgot what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll, it'll seem brand new to you. When you listen to it, okay. people are like, I can't, but what, what, what did I say? What was that? <laughs> like, <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> and I listen back to it before I put it out and I'm like, wow, that was pretty different. That was interesting. I don't, huh. I wonder what I was thinking when I asked that question or something, you know? I know, but no, it is, um, it is great. Definitely. And it was funny enough that Alan was one of the few numbers that I kept from my past in the spa mm. world and okay. uh, just a couple. And he was one of them. And uh, I reached out to him a few months ago, right at the same time that when like literally there was no, there were no lights for me. Like I, I lost everything yeah. and I, I had four people that I texted it and I was very lucky to get text back from every single one of them, you know, and then that kind of like, okay, they still respond. And Alan definitely was one of them. And of course we totally had a conversation and yes, we'll see what happens in the future, but um, of course it is. Yeah. And here I am talking to you again, but anyway, exactly. Yeah. Here you go. We're talking to oh, me, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, when I, when I texted you and when I called you the next day to tell you basically, no, you know what, maybe some other time. And while I'm talking to you, something in my it comes to me that do the show do the show do the podcast and i'm like okay what just am i it. yeah just do it something yeah. just do it and that was the only thing that i said i am going to do it and uh, again not as for myself as just whatever purpose that i'm supposed to share Hopefully. sharing this yeah, whole thing sharing. is about sharing stories and you know the the great thing is it will impact somebody somebody will listen so. to it and they'll go, wow, that really hit me. Yeah. You know, they, maybe there'd be somebody in their 20s, maybe somebody yeah. in their 60s, maybe somebody in their 30s, whatever. Your, your story will be personal to somebody. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. It doesn't need to be personal to hundreds and thousands of people. It just has to be just personal to one yeah. person. Yeah. One person yeah. that you change. And that's, that's the, actually the real issue, I think, that I have with the volume of our um, information right now in the world is like, you know, it's always about liking this, getting all these people to listen, do this and that. But if it can just strike one person and like, and it changes their being and how they view things, you've, you've created this butterfly effect with this person. It literally changes their existence for them. And I know for a fact, the show has already done that to several people. Definitely. I, and, I can you know. tell you from my part, listening to the podcast that I was so impressed and happy 
that there are successful individual and most people that whatever whomever that I listen to they are definitely very successful in their career and believing for example not so much of the social media and believing in being just centered and pretty much spiritual too I have to say a lot of spiritual people yeah, yeah. and I was so and I don't know that about them I don't know anything about them. Most of the people like that, you know. Well, you're spiritual yourself. That's why you attract these people. That's why. <laughs> and I, I cleaned my house. Huh? <laughs> I cleaned my house. You That's clean. why. Come on. You definitely clean. You sanitize. I clean my house. house. <laughs> I sanitize it. You know. I mean, that thing is clean right now. Look what you manifest with you and your wife and your beautiful daughter. Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, Got to clean that way. house. It's shining. It's shining it's, everywhere. It's perpetual cleaning. I, I mean, it's doing it. the laundry all the time, you know, clean the windows. And I, and I think. love it, Darian. I absolutely love it. Thank you. It. Oh, and while awesome. we have these great people on, they're, they're also, while they're also successful, also heavily flawed, just like yeah. I am and just like you are. And I, and I, and I push the buttons on that. That's yeah. a purposeful thing for me. I'm like, I want to know. Yeah. What's going on? It's kind of like the love thing and where you're at right now. I'm like, let's push this button. Let's see where this goes, you know, and and what that means. And everybody, you know, the one of the funniest things is people always like con contact me after their interview or conversation. You go, I talked about things I definitely wasn't planning on sharing. <laughs> like, but you did. <laughs> good. And you did. And you know yeah. what? You you probably needed to yes. talk about it. And that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, there is nothing literally that it is. I, told, I think I texted you a few days ago and telling you there is certain kind of a calmness have claimed to me for past four days, which I didn't have because this was a little bit of anxiety for me. It's like, what the hell am I doing? But yeah, is telling me to do. But somehow and I'm like, what do you have to lose? Nothing. You don't have Nothing. anything to lose. Anyhow, <laughs> then what is this when you don't have the facade, you don't have the mask, you don't have any of these things to worry about or, you know, other people, circumstances in their career or life or all of that. And I'm like, I am lucky right now that I don't have anything. Let's go for it. And you never know. And what it's going yeah. to do and, of course, help others and kind of elevate myself too. maybe I needed to speak to lift some of those little stuff that has been dangling around you don't know you just you don't to, know you don't know it and literally right now with all the information that we talked about I still going to stand here and tell you I still don't know anything and I'm okay yeah. with not knowing anything because I am way open to have things coming to me path coming to me Light is shining that way or left or right or whatever for today or tomorrow or whatever that it is. Like there is not a boundary. There is not a wall that is building around me. It's like, nope, this is exactly where I'm going to go. I'm going to head this way. All I yeah. know, I'm going to head and I'm going to be in my truth, whatever that truth is. You're going to be in your truth. Oh. And apparently you're not going to listen to your episode, apparently. Uh, no, I'm going to. So <laughs> <laughs> you better listen to that episode. I'll <laughs> goodness gracious yes i will listen to i'm gonna broke this crack up too and I'm like, you're gonna oh, die God. laughing at some of this stuff it's just serious stuff it's funny stuff it's all good yes. katyun i i mean it's a pleasure speaking with you it has been pleasure. awesome time oh, i thought time you know, is flying by Oof, I, man i thought it's going to be okay what are we going to talk about i think hang it to 55 minutes 60 minutes because the podcast needs to be an hour probably but probably right now what are we hour and what is it 
like yeah, uh, hour, and, hour a and a half plus. plus. Yeah. Okay, that was plenty. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> that's plenty. And I'm so grateful to you. You have no idea how much I love to meet you and your family. One day, yeah, it'll be one wonderful. of these days, one day, well, you never know. One of these days, you never know. I would love to meet all of you, and uh, it is definitely you are a blessing man in my life right now and i'm so grateful Thank to you. you i'm grateful to alan to introduce me to you and uh you. i cannot say enough and i hope Thank one you. day i will repay all of this and um see what we'll do in this world for the rest of our life of course of course well katyun thank you for the kindness and i'm grateful and we will talk another yes, time for sure absolutely thank you darian all right thank you